Good evening, everyone. Friends, our first reading, we hear about God's opinion about how he wants us to treat other people. Go back and read it, and you'll see he's talking. The prophet said, God wants you to treat others this way, with kindness and charity, and not to extract exuberant amounts from them. Second reading, St. Paul is saying, you've done a great job, and your reputation as a community of Christians is being spread by word. People talk about you in a good way. And that's what we're working on here, remember? My seven years now with you, we've been working on the holiness of our people so that when we go over to Port Orchard, Father Fung will say, oh, I heard about all your holy people over there, Father Mark. <laughs> yes, Father. <laughs> we've been working hard on that. My friends, um, recall last week we spoke about the three groups that decided who hated each other but came together Remember, they found the one thing that unites them because they couldn't stand each other, but they were coming against Jesus together, and um, that was the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians. They united to bring Jesus down. Today, the gospel read, um, we have the alliance between two of them still, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, they unite, and they are still trying to discredit Jesus my friends, in the passage just before what was read, remember our lectionary sometimes omits some things, and it omitted something that I think is of great importance. The Sadducees tried to trip up Jesus on the notion of the resurrection. And uh, my friends, the Sadducees are the priestly class of, in Jesus' time, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. Can you imagine a Roman Catholic priest not believing in the resurrection? Get out of here. <laughs> That's foundational. Now we're talking about Jewish priests. So, uh, but do you remember how they tried to trip up Jesus? Because it's a really an absurd thing they did to him. Do you remember? They said, Rabbi, you said there's a resurrection and all this afterlife nonsense. So a woman has no children. And she gets married and her husband dies. Remember, now in their time, the law was, and this is kind of a creepy law, <laughs> was that the brother would marry the wife, the woman, the widow. And he, so they tested Jesus. The first brother marries them, then he dies. And then the second brother marries her, and he dies. And then the third and the fourth. And, and he said, now when she gets to heaven, whose husband is going to be waiting? And Jesus says, you don't understand anything. You don't understand the scriptures, and you certainly don't understand God. And then he points out to them, and this is where we said, we, the Pharisees, oh, we heard that Jesus hushed them up with his, with his answer. And uh, Jesus proved to be too much for them. In today's gospel, it is the Pharisees' turn. Uh, and they hone in on the law. In their time, the law meant Mosaic law. There was no other. The Mosaic law is contained in the five books of the Old Testament, which were attributed to Moses himself and regarded as the most sacred of all the Old Testament writings. Collectively, the Jewish people call it the Torah, which simply means the law. There's another translation meaning a throwout, uh, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how to understand that, but maybe you can talk to the rabbi when you see him. In the Torah, 
attributed to Moses, there are 613 commandments. 249 positive, you shall command, and 365 negative ones, you shall not. The Ten Commandments, which we revere as Judeo-Christians, are but a small part of these. Remember, we talked about them. Remember, the Ten Commandments were only the beginning. There were 613 in total. My friends, remember the population of Jesus' time, uh, they were largely illiterate. They couldn't read. So there are 613 laws of which the people could not read. And how were they to learn it? And how were they to remember it, let alone put it into practice? Yet it was common belief that salvation depended on fulfilling all 613 laws. So you see the challenge. How could one fulfill the law if one could not possibly learn or remember them? Some Sadducees felt there was a hierarchy of laws distinguishing between grave and less grave commandments. Uh, and the, perhaps in the same way we Roman Catholics distinguish between mortal and venial sins. But others, like the Pharisees, held that all 613 were of equal importance. And all 613 had to be observed perfectly or you would offend God and there would be no salvation for you and your family, period. This is why Jesus would later in the scriptures condemn the Pharisees for putting impossible burdens upon the people. He said, you don't lift your finger to do anything, and that, but then you force these mosaic laws upon them. Jesus took great, he was angry at them. So what I'm getting at here now is this question that they're posing to him is no innocent one. It was a strongly debated issue of their time. The two groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, could not agree on which were of the greater important ones, let alone which one was the greatest command. The Pharisees and Sadducees once again thought they would trap Jesus by asking him. Because believe me, even though the Pharisees are asking, the Sadducees are there watching. Now we got them. Huh? Of course, Jesus escapes their trap very easily. However, not with one commandment, but with two from the Torah. The first is from the book of Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This was taught to all the Jewish people. This is what in part is called... is. Um, wrapped in a very sacred paper and put into a mezuzah. And a mezuzah is, is put on the doorpost of every Jewish home. And when they enter it, they tap it. And it reminds them of the, I think it's called the Shema Israel. Um, not unlike our holy water. Well, we don't have any right now because it's forbidden. <laughs> but normally we have holy water and you tap it. Uh, and they would also tap the mezuzah on their way out. So this was a very familiar law to them. The second is from the book of Levit Leviticus. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. By making a distinction, Jesus offers no offense to the Sadducees who felt there was a hierarchy. And he said, the first one is this one. And by picking two, 
that are clearly all inclusive of the others, he gave no offense then to the Pharisees either. So he appeased both of them. And in my head, I, I was watching. Jesus said, here's the first one. You shall love the love of your God and with all your heart. And you can just see the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Ah. And they begin to walk away. And he said, ah, 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 ah. I have more to say. There's a second. And can you, I can just picture the Pharisees. Oh, really? Let's hear this. Because they were out to get him. There would be one more encounter with them. And then Jesus would pose a question to them. And then they got really angry at him. And then they will do this to him because of it. So it's important that we understand the tension that was going on. Jesus did what no person before him could ever do. He cut through all 613 of the commandments, and the, or the precepts, if you will, that made life difficult for ordinary folks like you and I, exposing the core of all the laws that Moses wrote down. For if we truly love God above all things, we will do nothing willingly, willingly to offend him. And so we will keep all the laws directed towards God. Even in the Ten Commandments, we have them right outside. Go and look. Verse 3 have to do with God. And the next set of them have to do with other people. And then the next set has to do with you personally. You can see the pattern, how it's set up. And if we truly love our neighbor, and Jesus, before he, will, before he dies on the cross, he's going to redefine neighbor uh, because they had a, a very strict understanding of neighbor. But if we truly love our neighbors, we will do nothing willingly to offend them. In doing so, we will keep all the other commandments which are directed at the other person. Later, Jesus, as I said, will take the commandment beyond Old Testament morality, where neighbor was strictly understood as my fellow Jew. So if we were to transport ourselves back there and say, who is my neighbor? And say, anyone who lives in Gig Harbor. If you don't live in Gig Harbor, you're not our neighbor. <laughs> ah, the family. Ah, I'm picking on them because I, I think they're from way, from over in Port Orchard, even further, yes? Oh, my guardian angel's correct. <laughs> my friends, um, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus clarifies neighbor. Jesus will show that neighbor can be even a member of a despised group, indicating that we must love not only our own kindred, but all God's children of every race and color and creed, because they are made in his image. Remember the last thing I said to you last week? Remember whose image you are made in. In a time when following the law to obtain salvation made life more difficult for ordinary people, Jesus simplified it by putting it within every person's grasp. Simply put, love God, then love your neighbor, and in doing so, you will give glory to your Father in heaven. Or as Jesus put it, the whole of the law and all the prophets depend upon these two commandments. And this is the Lord and Savior that we have. He didn't come to make your life more difficult. He came to make it easier. He came that you would have it to the full. Amen? 
and there's much more to say on these, but that is enough. I spoke very long last week, <laughs> 26 minutes to be exact, <laughs> because they recorded, so I know, and they'd warn me, Father, you spoke 26 minutes. <laughs> well, I had something to say. <laughs> My friends, um, we continue to uh, offer our prayers in this time. Uh, you heard what uh, the definition of neighbor. You must love your neighbor. And Jesus would point out, remember the Good Samaritan Jews and Samaritans hated each other. And Jesus would say, you must love them. Fast forward to 2020. Democrats and Republicans, you must love each other. You must love each other. You may not agree on things, but you must love each other. If Jesus was standing here, he'd be like, that's right. Exactly as Father Mark said. <laughs> it might be one of the only times he says that. Everything else, don't listen to him. <laughs> My friends, we pray in this time of great stress and uh, um, within our country and within all the political parties, and uh, we ask for God's peace and protection to come upon our nation. This nation belongs to him. It is his, and we are his people. Amen? Again, the memorial candles, uh, you write your loved ones who are passed on them, and you can leave them here, and the, we'll put them out, or you can take those home with you. And the, our volunteers are in a breezeway to help you with that.